Well, first of all, I wanted to say a word of welcome to our catechumens, those who are going to be preparing to enter the church, uh, the Catholic church, whether that's to be baptized or enter fully with the reception of the Eucharist and confirmation, as well as your godparents and your family and friends who are here present today. And so for our parishioners who are not familiar, um, catechumens, like I said, are, the, are those who are in the process of entering into the church, meaning they're being, either being baptized for the very first time or they're receiving um, the sacrament of the Eucharist and the sacrament of confirmation, which, it, which initiates them fully into communion with the Catholic Church. So they're here present today, here in this front, first three rows on this side. So if you want to see them, they're all over here in the first three rows. Um, but the, today we have what's called the rite of sending, in which they've been now in the process since September until now, been in the process about learning about the faith, attending various classes, hopefully praying throughout the, these uh, couple months. Um, they've reached now a point in, in the church in which now, on behalf of Father Mike, and behalf of the parish, and because they're ready, right, that we're now sending them to, to the cathedral, to, our, to, to the archbishop, in which the archbishop will then celebrate the rite of election. And so I myself will be sending them on behalf of the parish to the bishop, and the bishop will then there receive them into the, this final process in which um, is Lent, in which they will be kind of intense, the intensity of their learning, the intensity of, of, of their prayer life should be growing so that they're ready to receive the sacraments, to receive baptism, to receive um, the Eucharist, and to receive confirmation um, at the Easter Vigil, which is the Mass the night before Easter Sunday. So welcome to all of you and to your family and friends. And know of our prayers for you, um, today, but also in this process, as well as after um, you become Catholic. Not that we're not praying for all those who are not. Anyway, so I've, I've been here now for about six months. I'm kind of reaching my six-month period. The honeymoon phase is, has ended, and it, the honeymoon phase ended, um, this, this is kind of a comment, but uh, uh, towards the beginning, someone had said to me, Father, you're getting fat. I'm like, oh, well, people are really getting comfortable here in this parish. That was actually a joke, anyways. But <laughs> actually, no one said that. But anyways, it was, it was a promise that I made with a priest friend of mine from Venice, Florida. We both said to each other before we left Rome, we said, okay, we're going to make a promise that whenever we see each other again, whether that's next year or five years, ten years from now, that we're not going to be fat. So that's our promise we're keeping, right? And so because of that, I started this, this regimen of going to the gym. So I've been going to the gym since about... September, late September, October. Hopefully you've noticed it. Hopefully it's good, right? But I've been going to the gym. And I remember the first day I got to the gym, and I'm sitting there, and the guy said to me, you don't work out, do you? And this is, one of my, this is a trainer, so I, I kind of committed to a trainer because I knew that if I went by myself and I signed up for LA Fitness or any other gym, I would not actually go, right? I'll use some excuse about some person needs something or somebody needs something, and so I'll stay. So I enrolled in this gym, um, and with that was a personal trainer. So he asked me, he said, I don't think you, and he knows I'm a priest, he's like, Father, you don't work out, do you? I'm like, why, oh, I'm like, why, did you, why do you say that? And he's like, you have really bad form, and you don't know what you're doing at all. And he said to me, he said, okay, he said, let's just start fresh, and let's get back to the basics. Let's get back to the basics. Because unless you know the basics of of what, what to do, how to do it, how to control yourself, the form, 
right? You're not going to be effective in, in, in your results. You're not going to get the results you want. So let's get back to the basics, okay? Why do I talk about this? Why do I bring the story up? Well, here we are on the first Sunday of Lent, and the church is giving us this opportunity to get back to the basics, right? And what are the basics? What are the forms of the spiritual life? Before I go into that, just kind of a, a little snippet from what happened in the first reading, right? In the book of Genesis. And I've talked about this at length, but I wanted to make sure we're all on the same page, right? That very often times we kind of say, well, you know, God limits me to what I can do. The church is very limited. The church always has laws and rules and regulations, and I have to follow them. The church doesn't give me freedom. The church is controlling. God is controlling. But it should be very evident to you, if you've, if you've listened to the first reading, of what God says. You can eat of any tree. We often jump to, but this, of, but of the tree of knowledge, of, of good and evil. And we, always, we always skip to that point of what God says we can't do, what the church says we can't do. But we miss the fact that, Jesus, that God said in the, in the first reading when he created us, that he gave us all of this to have. We focus, we focus on the negative and forget all the things that God has given to us. That's a consequence of sin. We hear today in the first reading as well that the devil tempts. He says to Adam and Eve, if you eat of the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil, you will know. Right? The word know in Greek means to become one. Right? And so when Eve eats of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, she becomes one with evil. Evil takes upon her life. Good is there, but evil takes upon. She becomes one with that evil. The capacity to be and to do evil things. Not always evil in the sense of murdering somebody or whatever else, right? but evil in meaning things that are contrary to what God wants. What God wants for us is happiness. So that's kind of the first part of our story, that we are fallen. How often do we say, oh, I'm just human? No, you're not human. You're a fallen human. Because in the beginning, when Adam and Eve were created, they did not sin. There's no temptations. Obviously, the devil tempted them, but there was no inclination for them to sin and to disobey God. It was natural to them because they were created by God to be completely godly. Take upon attributes of God. We are made in the image and likeness of God, reflecting who God is. But because of their choice, of their pride, of wanting to be God, sin enters into the world. And so does fallen humanity, us. When we react to things, when we do things that we know are not good, we do things 
that are evil, that's not because of God. That's because of original sin and the consequence of sin entering into our lives. But Jesus comes to restore all of that. And Jesus is the perfect human in his incarnation. Jesus took upon himself all things human but sin. That all things human is the representation of what he desires us to become. What we've lost in the beginning, God has now come to restore us to that. In order to get to there, in order to grow in the spiritual life, there are three basic things that we need to know and we need to master, hopefully to the end of our lives. The first, and all three we hear in the Gospels. The first, fasting, right? What is fasting? Fasting is giving, of taking away things that are pleasurable to us. Right? Disciplining ourselves, controlling ourselves. We hear often of, of fasting of food. Ash Wednesday, you're asked to fast, only eat one meal. Right? But this fasting also lends out to other things, to the pleasures of our flesh. Food, drinking, social media, sex, other aspects, right? You can name things that you like to do. Jesus is in the very first temptation. The man does not eat on bread alone, but the word of God. In order for us to be able to rewire ourselves, to retrain ourselves, we have to take away these passions that we have. Because then food becomes our God. Drinking becomes our God. Sex becomes our God. Social media and likes become our God. And if we're stuck in there, we can't properly worship God. The second, the devil says, will fall. Give of yourself and God will save you. Right? The temptation to presume what God is going to do. Of course, God is always going to be there for us. God is always going to love us because he's love. But, but, but for us to presume that, well, I can just do this and eventually I'll go to confession or I can do this and I'll pray about it and God will give it to me or God will, will fix this later. That doesn't work. Right? You smoke for 40 years you get lung cancer and you ask God, take this away from me and then God doesn't answer it. You say, well, why doesn't it take away from me? That's an extreme example. That's us presuming that God's going to fix everything. It's presumption. It's the second temptation. That's where prayer comes in. That our prayer is not focused on ourselves, not focused on what we want, 
what we need. Because that's, that's the sin of Adam and Eve, is the focus is on me. Everything is about me. Not about anybody else, me. We can easily fall into that temptation. The focus is on me. What I want, what I need, now. That affects our prayer life. And we pray, God, I need this. I want this. When was the last time you were in your prayer that you were just present with God? That you just gave your time to God? The third temptation. The temptation that the world will give you everything you need. That it's alternative. You don't need God. Adam and Eve, you don't need God. You can be like God. You can become God. Because when you eat of this tree of knowledge and evil, you will know you become like God. The devil tempts us. He says, well, I'll give you all of this. All of what you want. Just come follow me. What does that temptation manifest in our lives? Well, in the workforce. Whenever, whatever you're doing. Well, if I don't stand up for this, or if I don't say anything about, about this, if I just stay quiet, then I'll get the raise, I'll get that promotion. I won't be judged. I'll have my friends. No. We are called as Christians to stand up in the faith, to be bold, to proclaim the gospel, the good news that God has come to redeem us, and that requires us to take on all the teachings of the church. All of them. And hopefully, over time, if we disagree with them, understand why they exist and why they're taught by the way that they're taught. And catechumens, that is why Janelle had, had talked about, well, Father, how about you just have them stand where, where they're at? Well, you know, I think the church prescribes that they should come forward to be presented. And a way it's a discipline for you to be reminded you're always supposed to be getting out of your comfort zone. To stand up in the midst and to proclaim the truth. That is what you are called to be. This is what you, all of us are called to do. To stand up in the face of injustice and evil. To become one with the mind of God. This almsgiving is to give of ourselves. Not focus on ourselves, but giving of what we have, our gifts, our talents, things we have, to those around us. Fasting, prayer, almsgiving. These three things were lost with Adam and Eve. The fasting was, I want this. I will take it. The consumption of the of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's all about me falling into that trap of the devil of saying, I'll give you everything. Almsgiving. I take it for myself. And when I can't have it, and I'm in trouble, 
I blame the other person. Eve does that to Adam. But here Jesus brings us to the first Sunday of Lent and gives us this gospel. And we only know of, of, of these events because Jesus told them to his apostles. No one was there but Jesus and the devil. But he invites us to hear this and to enter in with him, to get back to the basics of fasting, prayer, and almsgiving. Because when we get back to the basics, we're able to do the basics, hopefully master the basic, basics over time, then we will grow in the spiritual life. We will grow into every single day a closeness to God. And, to, and from there, God will give us the grace to be with him forever, to restore ourselves from the fallen humanity we've fallen into. And this reality is manifest every single Sunday, every single time the Mass is celebrated. How? It's kind of a boot camp, right? But how? You're asked to fast before Mass. An hour before Mass, you're asked not to eat, not to drink, you drink water, right? But you're asked to fast one hour before Mass. Why? To discipline yourself. That your nourishment in life is not simply food, drink, and other things, but the Eucharist and the Word of God. We are both body and soul. We focus solely on our bodies and neglect our soul, a spiritual aspect of who we are. Then we get fat in that spiritual life. We get lazy. We get deterred. We don't do anything. We don't change. Prayer. When you come to Mass, what you're doing is you're bringing all of your intentions, you're bringing whatever it is that's on your, in your mind, and you're bringing it to the priest who stands in the person of Christ, who offers that prayer to God the Father. Jesus died on the cross, and he gave himself as a sacrifice to God the Father. And that is done at every Mass that's celebrated. Prayer at that point is perfect. Because one, we're uniting our prayer with God. And two, through that, we're giving Him worship. Almsgiving. The gift of giving yourself what you have to others. Who is the one that's giving here? Well, maybe you may say, well, I'm giving an hour of my life to, to God. No. God is giving himself to you. Fasting, prayer, almsgiving. The basics of the spiritual life. I ask you in the season of Lent, especially as we start it this week, to find that motivation in yourself, to get out of the laziness, to get out of the monotony, and to enter into this time, to get back to the basics, to fast, to pray, 
and to do almsgiving. As my trainer had said, if you do this consistently, you'll get results. And it may take a heck of a long time, but you'll get there. And I assure you that you will get there. I'm still on my way. We'll get there together. And we'll work together. We can always depend on God. He will lead us out of temptation. And he will bring us, as we journey in the season of Lent, to Easter Sunday, to the day that we're called to heaven, to the glory of the resurrection.